Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Angie, Estimate Rocket, and Paint Supply. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and the host of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. Have you ever heard of the pumpkin plan? And I'm not just talking about the book by Mike Mikhailowitz, although it's one of my favorites, but the strategy into how to grow the world's largest pumpkin. Now, what does that have to do with your business? What does that have to do with your personal lives? I don't want to give it all away uh, just here in the intro. But really the only way to grow the world's largest pumpkin is to get rid of all the average and even good pumpkins and and probably even some of the great ones so that all of the nutrients in those vines can flow to the one you're trying to focus on. And we're gonna talk in this episode how you can apply this into your personal life, into your business, and really figure out what are some things that maybe I can kind of cut or trim back on to focus on the goose that lays the golden egg or the thing that is your passion and your purpose or the things that you need to be doing as a as a person, as a husband, as a father, a spouse, wife, anything um, to be the person you need to become. Because sometimes we have to stop and evaluate those things to figure out what is worth putting all the time and energy into so that we can grow the world's largest pumpkin. I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. When was the last time you sat down to evaluate what's working well in your life and in your business? Uh, This really should be part of the time that you take to work on your business. And I believe you should also do the same thing in your personal lives, right? Taking time to stop and reflect on things is very important to being aware on where you are and where you want to go and where the gap is, right? And how do we get there? Um, One exercise that one of my mentors always said uh, is you should stop and look at kind of three pieces. What are things you should stop? He called it stop, start, keep. What are things you should stop doing in your life? What are things you need to start doing in your life? And what are things you need to keep doing in your life to get where you want to go? And you could really do this stop, start, keep exercise for like each area of life, right? You could do this, uh, let's call it like the, the eight F's of life, right? Your finances, your faith life, um, your uh Oh my family life, right? Your fun, all the different kind of, again, there was eight F's that, that were kind of came up uh, in a previous uh, leadership group that we used to be a part of. Um, but you can kind of do this for all eight of those areas, if you will, right? What are things that I need to be doing financially that I need to stop doing, that I need to start doing? And what are the things that I'm doing well that I need to keep on doing to get us where we want to go, right? Same thing in my fitness life. That was one of the F's, right? What are the, what are the things I need to stop doing? Um, McDonald's and, you know, terrible food. Uh, I'm not saying McDonald's is terrible food, but like always eating fast food, probably not the best thing for you, right? Um, maybe I need to start um, working out again, right? Get in the gym three three days a week for 30 minutes a, a session, at least just somewhere to start, right? And then what are the things I need to keep doing? Well, I drink a ton of water, fantastic, right? You can look at that in all areas of your life. 
we went through this exercise, not the start, stop, start, keep thing uh, specifically, uh, but we went through this exercise for your business um, at our recent elite business retreat we had here in August. And if you weren't there, you missed out, but come next year. Uh, and we'll probably go through the same exercise because it seemed like it was very impactful for people. Um, but the biggest thing that we want, we ask the question is, what's worked well for you in your business this year? Uh, because again, we need to take time to stop and reflect on what has worked well in your business and what's not working well. Just going through the daily motions is not gonna get you where you want to go over time. That's why people get burned out and they feel stuck, right? We have to take time to work on our business. We have to take time to reflect and to figure out what's worked well this year, right? Uh, and then on the flip side, again, what hasn't worked well? And, and here's some areas that you can kind of stop and evaluate, right? Because if you just stop and think, okay, what's worked well this year? You can probably come up with, a list of some ideas like, hey, this was something that was super helpful. This was impactful, right? I know for us, PCA Expo is always a huge, huge thing that works well for us every year um, just to get in front of a lot of you guys and, and, you know, grow our client base and find a way to help you guys in your businesses. Like PCA Expo is something that I will look at pretty much every year and say that's worked well for our business this year, right? We've been able to bless a lot of people um, because we met a lot of you at PCA Expo this year. Um, what are things that haven't worked well, right? So you can kind of look at it on a macro level, but if you're struggling to come up with those things just by those simple kind of vague questions, here's some things that I would look into. Um, what has worked well for you this year when it comes to marketing, right? What are some ways that you've gotten leads into your business that has worked well for you that's translated well um, into sales and profitable jobs and good customers, right? What are some things you've done with recruiting that's worked well? Right? We have some clients that have done some really great things and found some really great employees um, that I want them to keep doing those things, right? And then we've had some people that have struggled to get employees that you know we need to figure out a different solution on, right? So what's worked well in that regard? What's worked well for the culture of your business this year? Do you have a really healthy family-like culture in your business that you're trying to work towards? What's worked well for that, right? Maybe an employee appreciation event. We had one of our clients took his employees um, jet skiing out on uh, one of the great lakes in Michigan. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. I want to say Lake Superior. Um, took about jet skiing, right? Like how cool is that to, to build culture and, and show some appreciation for all the hard work this summer uh, that they've had. Um, what's worked well for sales, right? For estimating in sales, has it been part of your process? Something you've been doing? Uh, maybe it's it's a, I wanna say a sales tactic, but some like, you know, promotion that you ran. What's worked well on sales, right? Uh, most importantly, what's worked well on the types of jobs you've done this year? What are some of the jobs that you've crushed it on, right? I know for us doing kitchen cabinets, uh, we always tried to do one or maybe two a month, at least one a month because Man, we had the system down, we had the process down, we could go in, we could knock it out, they were profitable, um, it was systematic, and obviously it was a huge wow factor for the homeowner. Like kitchen cabinets for us were always a light, green light, let's get more of these on the books, right? Um, stopping and taking time to look at these things will help you kind of make those decisions. And then again, on the flip side, what hasn't worked well? You know, maybe go through those five areas again. Hey, what's not worked well um, for marketing? What's not worked well for recruiting? What's not worked well for culture, right? Maybe it was a hire, maybe it was somebody you hired um, or a couple people you hired that really, you know, hurt your culture. Um, what's not worked well for sales? You know, I'm a big proponent. One thing uh, that one of our clients came up with at the retreat was, um, that they realized, uh, and they'd already kind of pivoted and changed this uh, through some of our meetings, um, but they you know, made a note of this that like, 
the estimator should be following up with their estimates, right? If you're the owner or if you have an estimator, they should follow that sale all the way through until it's a yes or a no. I see a lot of people, they go do the estimate and they try to kind of rely on an office person to follow up. And we've seen that more times than not, um, a little bit of a drop in the sales rate. Uh, and so, you know, that's something that one of our clients was like, yeah, this didn't work well for me when it came to sales. And so I'm following up on all my bids uh, and things have gotten to be back at, you know, kind of our normal closing rate spot, right? Um, what are some things that you need to just kind of let go of that's not helping you get to the overall goal of your business? Again, this is where I say we need to kind of trim the dead fruit, right? Prune the bushes back, prune the flowers. Uh, I'm gonna be the first person to say, if you've ever been to our house and you ever see any plants on our porch, you know that I don't have a green thumb. My wife, God love her, does not either, okay? I'm not gonna try to become some plant expert. Um, one of our clients, if you've met him, Brian Hepfer, HD Paint and Stain, local here in St. Louis, Brian is a fanatic about plants. Uh, if you have questions, call Brian. He could probably explain this a lot better than I could. For me, here's what I do know. If you don't prune them, if you don't trim them, if you don't pull the dead things off of them, which is where we always go wrong because we forget about them, they're gonna die, right? And we need to, in order to grow healthy plants, whether it's tomato plants, flowers, again, we're talking about the pumpkin, right? We have to prune the things off of it that aren't helping us get to the overall goal. And also apparently you need to water things. Again, we're just really like batting O for a thousand. We had a couple plants my mom got us for, got Christina for Mother's Day this year. We kept them alive for two months and we had a really big drought in St. Louis. Like that was the biggest plant accomplishment we've had in the um, eight years of being married. So just throwing that one out there. Um, but with that being said, what are some things you need to let go of uh, in your business? Let's just focus on that. You need to do this for your personal life too, but what are some things you need to let go of in your business that's not helping you get to the overall goal? Maybe it's a type of project. And when I say type of project, I'm talking like scope of work, um, you know, just a, a project type that is not like good and suitable for you either profitably, you guys can't do it systematically, there's always issues, uh, something, right? I know for us, I've shared this before, we quit doing wallpaper removals um, a long time ago uh, when I had my painting company. We, the, for about two years, I would do it every six months uh, because I would do it and then I'd be like, we're never doing that again. And then six months would go by and I'd be like, well, eh, maybe it's not so bad. Like enough time had passed, like the pain was kind of like blocked out in my brain. And then we would do another one and I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like they never, they never came off easy. I just had one of our clients did one. She was like, yeah, I came off easy. I did like four rooms in like half a day. And I was like, teach me your ways. And she was like, oh, it was just luck. Um, I don't like relying my business on luck personally. If you do wallpaper removal, great. Hats off to you. For me, I was like, we're done with this. This is too much stress. It never goes well. I don't wanna deal with it. I want projects that my guys can do systematically, profitably, and I don't have to lose sleep at night on how it's gonna go, right? Um, we actually did the same thing. I've shared this before about exteriors. And again, I know this isn't a decision everybody can make. It was really just because of where I was at in my painting company, transitioning into elite business advisors and growing this. Um, but I was able, because we had the data, um, and I saw the stats to make the decision that we didn't do big exterior projects. We do some small ones like, you know, $1,000, $1,500 and less trim, small things like that, right? But we quit doing big exterior projects because I had the data 
to show in our job costing that our exteriors were a little bit less profitable. Um, I had a lot more headaches with dealing with schedule and weather and all that stuff, right? It was less predictable, a lot more just navigating and, and going on the fly. Um, and we seem to have more callbacks for some reason on exteriors. Uh, I think it's because my guys did interiors so much and throughout the wintertime, they got so good with those uh, that, you know, we just would always miss little things behind a downspout or little things would get missed because um, we just didn't have the right process in place because we didn't do it a ton, right? And so I was just like, hey, we're not doing huge exteriors. I'd start referring them actually to Brian and Shannon uh, with HD paint and stain there for a while. So, um, we, we could make that decision again. I'm not saying to do that, but by having data and looking at things and identifying things, we had enough interior work and kitchen cabinets coming that kept my guys busy for the size of business I wanted so that I could start focusing here. So that was an easy decision. Uh, maybe it's an employee that you need to let go of. That's just not helping you get where you want to go. And that can be a tough one, especially if you're at a spot where you have a lot of work where you kind of need them. Uh, I would say you never need an employee, but more importantly, don't let yourself be in a position where you need someone that's not a good fit for your company because you don't have anybody to replace them, right? So I think you should always be recruiting, always looking for people. Um, so I know that can be kind of a tough thing, but maybe you know somebody like, hey, this isn't the right person for our company. Maybe you need to let them go, right? That's a tough decision, but you can do that. Uh, maybe it's a marketing channel that's not really returning anything. Uh, you know, maybe you've been doing something in a magazine or a newspaper ad that just the ROI is not there, right? You should track all your stats on how people hear about you so that you can look and evaluate on what's working and what's not. Um, I, we had something that was like a business card thing in a, uh, the old, the town that we used to live in here. And it went out to all the residents in the city, like 10,000 residents. So probably, you know, at least a few thousand homeowners. We get this, it was like $75 a month. But I realized after about like six to eight months, like we got nothing out of it. Yes, it was some brand awareness. So maybe there were some immeasurable things uh, that we didn't measure that they didn't say, hey, we saw you in the Swansea report. They, you know, they'd say, hey, we saw, um, you know, so-and-so referred you to us, or we saw, you know, a flyer, we saw a lawn sign, right? But it was maybe they saw our ad first and then called on the second thing, because that's kind of how the rule of marketing works sometimes. Um, but I finally was like, yeah, I'm just gonna pull the plug on this. Like we're spending, it's not, it's only $75 a month, but guess what, over a whole year, that's $900 and we're getting pretty much nothing for it, right? Nothing that we can measure at least. Um, and so think about those things. Um, we kind of went through this, I've had this thought, right? I've read this book, Pumpkin Plan, and then like all these little things have kind of came up in the last couple of months that, you know, kind of led me to doing this episode here today with you guys. Um, you know, we, I'm the creative director at our church. And so we have a monthly uh, kind of ministry leaders meeting, um, you know, with our pastor, executive pastor, and just talking through the church. And we always do kind of like a devotional thought and something. And I always love our pastor. Uh, we've had uh, Jeff on here a couple of times. He did our 100th episode uh, earlier this year with us. Um, but, you know, he always does some really good, insightful kind of like self-reflection stuff, personal development. And I love that about him. Uh, and he said a quote in there as we were going through and we were talking about this concept of cutting the, the things out of our lives and that stop, start, keep. Right. Um, and he said, we try to do so much to produce so much fruit, but we actually a lot of times fail at producing anything of value. And I really believe in this busy society that we're in, uh, that was his quote, and then this is all my thoughts. Um, so I just clarify that in case I say something stupid, uh, it wasn't him. Um, I really believe in this busy society we're in, that we spread ourselves way too thin. And we get to a point where we dilute our value, we get overwhelmed. And if we would just consolidate and concentrate that energy into things, we would do a whole lot better. Uh, and this has kind of been a journey that I've been on the last couple of years, just reflecting. And again, as we've grown here with Elite Business Advisors, um, you know, it just, 
I put my time into so many different things and I really started kind of pulling back and cutting out some of those things that just really weren't getting anywhere, right? Understanding that I am a people pleaser and a yes person and I will just naturally take on too much. I've actually started saying no to things and it's been like weird, but like satisfying because I'm like, wow, like looking back on it, I'm like, man, I'm really glad I didn't say yes to that because it really doesn't go towards like the goal of what I'm trying to achieve either in business or my personal life or, you know, serving anything like that, right? Um, and so I think you need to stop and think about those things. Like what are the things that we need to stop and evaluate that we're putting our time into, right? When's the last time you evaluated your calendar? I know something we talked about on an episode, I think it was last year as we were heading into the beginning part of the year here is like, what are the things you spend your time on, right? What's actually returning time to you and what's not? What's worth investing into and what's not? Um, I love being the creative director at our church. I know that sometimes, especially when I'm traveling and stuff, like it kind of gets put on the back burner and I hate that a little bit, right? Um, but you know, it's something that I want to keep putting more and more time into and, and figure out a plan and kind of get to a spot where I can do that. So I'm taking some other things off my plate so that I have more time to invest into the things I've already committed to, right? Because I know I spread myself way too thin at one point uh, and at different points too sometimes, right? But what are the things we need to stop doing? Maybe it's networking groups. Maybe there's some groups you go to um, that's just not really producing a lot of value. It's not producing a lot of relationships. It just kind of got boring and on autopilot, right? It's not like exciting and getting, you know, productive like it was when maybe when you first started going, right? Um, maybe it's other events that you attend, right? Are you going there and just going through the motions and leaving to say that you're like going and you're getting out there? Are you actually going and getting stuff out of it? Um, I'm gonna be honest, I've really pulled back on a lot of lo more local type networking groups and events and stuff. And, and I hate it because I love the community and I love the people and I love the relationships. Um, but at the end of the day, I had to really stop and realize like one, I've built a huge network of people in the last five, six years of going to all these things here locally. And I try to be intentional to stay in touch and keep developing those relationships uh, and still going to some events. But it really wasn't doing anything for our business as we really niched down into the painting industry here um, and, you know, home service contractors, but especially the painting industry is really our, our main niche. Going to a lot of these things, like I wasn't getting productive use of it for business. Now, I love connecting with people further um, to be a problem solver or a resource for our clients. Um, that will never change. That's my goal of going to these events still and having a lot of these relationships is when somebody needs something, I have somebody to go to. But from a like business development perspective, it's totally changed for me, right? And so as hard as it is, because I love doing these things and I'm still trying to kind of balance that, like I realized like I needed to pull back because it just wasn't worth it, right? Um, I'm investing all that time into other things into our business. Again, going back to last week's episode, returning time back into my life, right? Kind of cutting some things out of it, reinvesting that time in more productive places to give me time back and to grow our business further and to better serve our clients. Right. Um, what are other things that you're involved in? Right. Maybe you're coaching sports. Maybe you're doing, you know, other things, volunteering. And I'm not saying stop doing that. Don't get me wrong. But if it's not really doing anything productive, like don't do it just to do it. Like make sure it's actually adding value to your life. Right. Um, so think about that. Stop and reflect on some of those things. The last thing I want to leave you guys with here in this episode, um, again, is the third thing that kind of popped up, right? Reading the book and then Jeff's devotional. And then um, I'm a huge fan of Darren Hardy. He's probably one of my favorite authors, um, kind of, you know, the the pseudo mentor, right, uh, for me. Um, never met him in person, but, you know, kind of a mentor, as he always says, like him and Jim Rohn. 
Um, but Darren said, uh, he does something called Darren daily. Yeah. Monday through Friday, he sends something out. It's a short, like two to seven minute video on a topic. Sometimes I'll do some series, uh, and they expire within 72 hours. And if you don't open it for 30 days, he kicks you off the list. I kind of love it. It's some good accountability. Um, so I try to listen to this every morning when I'm getting ready. And, uh, recently, uh, a little while ago, he did one on kind of this concept, right? And here's what he had to say. Um, he went to the extreme and said, what would you do if you had to remove two thirds of your commitments and your to-do list and things off your to-do list, right? It's not just the commitments, it's things on your to-do list. What are things you're doing uh, that you could just take off of it that's really not necessary and productive for you? What would you cut off? What would remain on there today? If you had to take your, your the list of things to do today and get two thirds of them off there, what would be the one third of the things you would focus on? And that's probably what's gonna move your business and your life the furthest, the fastest. Now, some of those things may get shifted over to tomorrow, right? And then again, take two thirds off and just drill down. It's kind of the concept of the one thing by Gary Keller. Um, what's the one thing you can do today? Um, so I like that Darren at least gives you a third of them because one can be tricky, but I love the idea. But what about the rest of the week? What about the rest of the month? If you take two thirds of the things off your to-do list and just focus on that one third, what would go? Right, that's a great exercise to think about. Uh, and then I love this, he goes a step further and I love that he said this, so it's not me and I'm not stepping on your toes again, people pleaser, that's me. Um, what about if you had to let two thirds of your friends go? I've heard it a lot of times that the top five people you spend the most time with are the people you're gonna emulate their lives. Financially, family life, faith life, again, all the different Fs, right? Who you spend the most time with is who you're more than likely gonna turn out to be. Um, and there's probably friends or people in your life that just not bad people, well, maybe they are, but maybe they're not, right? Um, but like, if you had to just focus, and again, this isn't to say cut people out of your life, but if you had to focus your time and energy on one third of your friends to really dive deep and have those lifelong relationships with them, who would be the two thirds that you maybe don't invest as much time and energy into, right? And again, I'm not saying cut them out completely, but if you think about that, think about household expenses, right? If you had to cut two thirds of your household expenses, I would argue most people could probably do that. Some people are living, you know, pretty reasonable as it is. If you had to cut two thirds of your household expenses, what would go, right? What's not important? I don't know if you guys have been out to eat recently, but that's getting expensive, um, thanks inflation, um, you know, and so, that's an easy way to cut, right? And so again, I'm not saying to go through and do that. Maybe it's even half, right? What if you cut out half the things on your to-do list or half of your household expenses? I always believe you can figure it out. Um, and so it's just kind of a good exercise. Again, I feel like it might be a little bit extreme to think about, but it's also really good. Sometimes you have to go to that extreme, but then find that middle ground, right? And so I said, think about two thirds and then cut it back to half, um, you know, and think through all the different things in your life, the things you're spending your time on, your energy, your money on, all the different things you're doing. How can we trim some of that back to where you can focus all of your energy, all the things on what's gonna get you the furthest in your life and get you towards whatever it is you wanna do in your business and in your personal life to live the life you've always wanted. And so I hope this was helpful. Uh, I hope I didn't step on any toes there at the end. Again, those were Darren Hardy's words, not mine. Um, but Darren, don't sue me if uh, if that came across wrong. Um, so I hope that that was impactful. I want you guys to take some time, reflect on this, re-listen to this episode later, but more importantly, stop and think about kind of the exercises and the thoughts we went through in this and how it can impact into your life. You'll have a great next few months here to end out the year and it'll help you run into 2024, kind of a clean slate, a fresh start and a plan to hit your goals personally and in your business. We'll catch you on next week's episode. 
Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.